Hello queens and welcome to another episode of the Purity After Promiscuity podcast. I'm your host Janelle and I just want to welcome each and every one of you all. I want to say thank you for all my faithful listeners and welcome to all new listeners and subscribers. This is a place where we are growing together, where we are evolving and redefining our worth. So just welcome. Today's episode is called Heart Check. And I really felt the unction to really need to do this particular topic today, really for personal reasons. However, um, the hope is that it is also a blessing to you all as well. And um, one thing comes to mind um, when I think of the heart is the fact that we are to have a pure heart, especially those of us who are Christians and who read the Bible and we are um, on this faith journey. Um, one of the things that um, it says in Matthew 5 and 8, it says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And so that was really one of the catalysts for the name of this particular podcast. That's why I chose to call it purity after promiscuity. Um, Again, not necessarily because of physical purity with your body, but more so about um, just the inner purity of your heart. And I realized that what was happening in my personal life is because my heart was not pure and in the inside that it came out in my behaviors on the outside and so um i just wanted to talk about that today because i feel like so many things are on my mind about this particular subject so i really am praying that the holy spirit will lead and guide me into what I say um, and so it can click and it can all make sense right um, first thing first I think for many of us women when you have been hurt when you have been mistreated when you have been disappointed let down um, when you have experienced traumatic um, events when you have experienced rejection abandonment just all of these different things they begin to what I would say um, want to Corrupt our heart in a sense. Corrupt our heart with um, with with negativity. Corrupt our heart with bitterness. Corrupt our heart with unforgiveness. Corrupt our heart with um, anger. Corrupt our heart with um, just becoming hard and cold and callous. And sometimes we don't recognize that. And so for me, over time, you know, um, just different experiences in my life really began to callous my heart and my heart became very cold. Not necessarily that I was a cold person because I'm a very loving person. I am a very giving person. I'm kind. I love people. I love to do good. You know, I love righteousness, right? So it wasn't necessarily that I was a cold person, but my heart was very closed off. My heart was very closed off. So there were just certain parts of my heart that remained like behind this fortress, behind this wall that I just subconsciously had erected and never recognized that. So I was always, for the most part, living my life on the surface level. So my relationships, um, my friendships, and even my relationship with God, they were very surface because I I was so closed off. I was so callous. My heart had become so um, cold. It had become so contaminated 
with um, all of this, um, these negative experiences that I became very distrusting. I became very um, paranoid. I became very suspicious. Um, and I often, you know, would just keep people at bay or at a distance to where it made me feel comfortable. And so um, a lot of times people will say, well, maybe no, that's wisdom because you got to be careful. You can't let everybody in, which is true. However, it's a problem when you not let nobody in. And it's definitely a problem when you're not letting God in. And so I did not recognize until um, probably within the last year and a half, almost two years, that the relationship that I thought I had with God wasn't a relationship at all. I was doing nothing more but just going through the motions and just walking out religion. I was doing all of these acts, these different religious acts. I was going to church. I was um, being a part in ministry. I was volunteering. I was serving. You know, I was going to Bible studies. I was going to different um, events at the church. You know, I was just doing all these things that um, to that I thought in that moment was going to um, give me the relationship or really if I'm honest, I really never knew that there was a difference. If I can be real honest here, I never really knew there was a difference between religion and relationship. Because how how I came to even being a Christian was so unorthodox because I don't come from a Christian background. I don't come from a home, a Christian home. Like we, my family just holds secular. <laughs> they worldly, you know what I'm saying? They doing all the worldly things. That was the environment I was in. It was very toxic. It was very worldly. You know, at any given moment, you can see whatever, you know what I mean? And so it was like no one around me that who was at least inf- influential and consistently was walking in holiness, walking out faith, salvation. I don't even know if I ever seen a Bible in my house growing up, if I'm honest. So that was really my foundation. The foundation I had was really of a worldly perspective and a worldly culture. So then when I started to have this faith walk and I got introduced to Jesus Christ at about maybe somewhere between, I don't know, eight, nine, 10, 11, um, my neighbors, um, started taking me to church with them and I truly had an encounter with Jesus Christ and I, um, received Christ. I got saved and I was baptized. I was put in the water because I went to a Baptist church at that time. And anyone who's Baptist um, knows that that's just a protocol. Like that's a part of being Baptist. You have to go into the water, which I was, um, I really wanted to, you know, I was um, very happy and excited, you know, to, to do that because I really had an encounter. I fell in love with Jesus at that age, at a very young age to where I was active in church. I was a part of the choir. I was traveling with the choir. I happened to live across the street from the church. I will always be over at the church for whatever they had. Every time the doors was open, you know, I wanted to be involved. I wanted to be at that place where I met Jesus because I had a true encounter and I got saved in that moment. However, I was not able to sustain consciously or um, even spiritually growing and maturing and learning and, and, and being able to evolve because I wasn't in the right environment. I, I had to go back to my home environment, which was not conducive to, to cultivate a relationship with Jesus Christ. And eventually we moved. So I particularly had to really go on this tumultuous journey to really figure out what 
really being a Christian meant, what being a Christ follower meant. And in doing that, I experienced going to different churches. I went to different churches. I went to a Methodist church, you know, I went to non-denominational churches. I went to, um, another Baptist church. Um, I went to just like a, just visiting or maybe like a friend I met or a people I knew, you know, and went to this church or that church or however, I, I just experienced going to different churches. But even in having these uh, different experiences with churches, I don't think it was ever broke down or it was ever really made a distinction. It was never explained that there is a difference between a religion and a relationship with God. Hallelujah. So I never knew. So for me doing these acts and doing these things that I did day, uh, uh, daily or weekly or what have you, I thought that was just really what what constituted a, a me being a Christian and, and me knowing God and me being connected to God. And so I had no idea that there was a difference. And so as I was walking this thing out, I just remember feeling like I'm on the right track. You know what I mean? I felt good. I felt like, you know, I was getting closer to God. I felt like I was growing. I felt like I was evolving. You know, I was, I was learning scriptures. I was remembering scriptures. I could quote scriptures. I was getting revelation when I read the word. I could, you know, I could um, get understanding when I read the Bible. You know, I'm, I'm growing. You know, I, I am um, just being able to, you know, spend more time in the word, spend more time with God. Where at one point reading the Bible was totally boring to me. I started um, becoming more um, hungry and just more um, desiring to read the Bible, you know, so I felt like, okay, you know, I'm growing. And then my prayer life started increasing. I started praying more. Then I got to the place where I started fasting because for a long time, I really didn't even understand fasting, didn't even because there are certain churches that don't necessarily talk about or even practice fasting. So that was, you know, when I came to a, a certain uh, church that I started going to, they started, they were doing corporate fast and things like that. So, you know, I started to do these things. And again, I, I just associated these things with meaning that, oh, I have a relationship with God and I'm truly walking out my faith walk and being a Christ follower. But what was interesting, even though I was doing all these things and I had all of these outward manifestations or what the appearance of this outward fruit was, the one thing that wasn't changing was my heart. <laughs> and I didn't recognize that at first. It was so interesting that as much as I'm desiring to be in what I would call the presence of God or being amongst the body of Christ or being in the assembly, not forsaking the assembling of myself and becoming um, involved in leadership and in ministry and kind of discovering that, wow, I got gifts and there's a such thing as an anointing and God created you for a particular purpose. And, you know, things that I never even thought about, things that I didn't even know, you know, existed or was a such thing. And I'm getting all of this revelation and, and it's feeling good. And I'm, I'm starting to figure out, you know, like, okay, God created me, you know, to do a certain thing and I have these certain gifts and they're for a certain purpose. And, you know, now I'm trying to figure out, you know, what does it all mean and all that. But I was still kind of living the same way, though. That part, though, right? <laughs> I was going to church and I was putting on a face and I was putting on, you know, a mask and I was doing all these things and I was portraying to be one way. But then I would leave church and go home and go right back to the same thing. Go back right back to smoking weed go right back to drinking, go right back to having sex, fornicating, go right back to clubbing, go right back to boosting, 
whatever what I, whatever it was I was doing, I had no conviction. And I never recognized that I didn't have conviction. And I never recognized I didn't have conviction because I didn't have relationship. My heart wasn't pure. So... <laughs> It's funny because I think we get so caught up in rituals and, and routines and in and, and these Monday, mundane um, just uh, practices and lifestyles and things that we just do religiously. And we, we look at these things and they can be good things, but we don't recognize that it is nothing more but a empty practice or an empty um uh you know uh walk, walking out these different um you know just doing these different um things and 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 going to these different you know events and being a part of these different ministries and just doing all of these things that that with your heart your intention may be good but not recognizing that your heart is not pure and you're not totally connected to God because if you were told if I was told I'll say for myself if I was totally connected with God there wouldn't have been a way that I could continue to sit under the word of God that I could continue to be in the presence of God even in my own personal time and still remain the same like there's no one in the Bible who encountered Jesus Christ and remained the same you know and and so it's interesting that I never really put two and two together but I I started to over time and it wasn't in the be it was it took a while. I, I did a lot of things um and, and constantly still was going to church and everything um and, and and not having no conviction and even when I knew certain things were wrong, I still didn't feel the need to stop. And I know a lot of us can relate to that because we we hear terms like grace, we hear terms like mercy, we hear terms like forgiveness, and I think our mind automatically uh, causes us to think that, well, that means that we can, we can continue to do certain behaviors, even if they, we know they are sin and God's going to continue to give us mercy, or he's going to continue to forgive us, or he's going to continue to be gracious because God is love and God is gracious. And he is, God is love. And, but what God also is, is he is righteous and he's holy and we cannot be connected to, or even come into the presence of a holy God and continually to habitually practice sin. Now we know that of course, when we're first coming to Christ and we're babies in Christ, God is not expecting us to be all holier than thou clean. He ain't expecting us, you know, to have it all together. He ain't expecting us not to be sinning. Like that is unrealistic. You know, that's the whole purpose of salvation is because Jesus said he came for those who are sick, those who are sick, who need a doctor, those who are in need of salvation, needing to be saved from something are the ones that Jesus Christ died for. So all of us have our things, right? So I want to make that very clear it's not never that God is expecting perfection but the problem happens when you come to Christ you have the full understanding of who Christ is you actually truly get saved not just with a confession and believing in your heart but there then there is a actual conversion of your heart and I think that's the part that people also um don't really um teach on is that it's Yes, they speak that um, scripture in Romans that says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. But 
when you really study the Bible, especially in the book of Acts, when people were asked what they needed to do to be saved, it was more than that, right? They were, um, you know, in Acts 2, Peter told the people that first they needed to, you know, believe that Jesus Christ was Lord, but then they, they needed to repent. They needed to confess and they needed to repent. And then they needed to be baptized by water for the remission of their sins and then filled with the Holy Spirit. So that lets us know that salvation, there was actually a process to it. But people are made to believe or they're mistaught or miseducated that you can just repeat a, a scripture or a sentence after another person and that automatically makes you safe. But then you have people who go through that process where they, they, go, they go to church and they have this emotional experience and they, are, they go up to the altar or they're led to, you know, say the prayer of salvation, quote unquote, and then, but they... There is no, there's no conversion of their hearts. So they don't, there's no change, you know? And so they remain the same. And so they go right back to the same thing that they were doing. And then there's never no conviction and there's never, you know, any, um, any transformation because their heart has not been converted. And so that's the thing that I really want to talk about today is how we really, really need to make sure that we have a pure heart and that for those of us that are saved, we need to do a heart check. And even if you're not saved, do a heart check and just see what's in your heart. Like what's there, what's your motives, what's your ambitions, what's your intentions, you know, like kind of really start doing that, that introspection and that self um, examination to figure out like what's at the core of me. Right. And so I began to recognize that God, Jesus was not at the core of me. That wasn't really what was in my heart. What was really in Janelle's heart was what Janelle wanted. And Janelle wanted to be married. Janelle wanted to be successful. Janelle wanted um, to have this um, life that I pictured for myself, what I felt like um, a great life would be. I wanted to have, you know, um, wealth. I wanted to be able to travel. I wanted to have a nice house. I wanted to have a nice car. I wanted to be able to have nice things. You know, I wanted to have all of these things. You know, I wanted to be have to have so certain credentials and accomplishments and for my career. I wanted to have certain success in that area. I wanted to have certain degrees. You know, it was just all of these things that I wanted, but I never really stopped to consider. But what's at the core of that? Is that is the motivation behind that God or is that motivation behind that me? And as I continue to go on this journey, I started to discover that what was really in my heart was a bunch of what I wanted and it was all about me and it was less about God. And I wondered why I continue to struggle. And it's really hard to redefine your worth or even understand your worth or your identity when what's in your heart is contaminated. What's, when what's in your heart is you, what's in your heart is only what you desire and what you want. And then what, what happens is we in turn, we think that because we have a desire or because we have a longing, um, that we automatically assume that that's from God, or we automatically assume that that's God's will for our life. And we never consider the fact that maybe that is just a desire that we have from our flesh. And so for me, I started to recognize that maybe there was something that got crossed in 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 the in in um in the process because a lot of these things that I was desiring became an idol for me. And I wanted the thing more than I wanted God. My heart wasn't pure. And I started to get consumed. And I started to get literally like um just overtaking with trying to accomplish these things that I desired in my heart. 
when it's interesting because that scripture in I think it's Psalm 37 it's either 37 or 34 that says um, that the Lord will give you the desires of your heart but I think what a lot of people do is they take that scripture out of context and they assume that those desires have to be whatever desires are in your heart but when you go further in scripture um, I think it's in Isaiah um, don't quote me because <laughs> I'm not looking at my Bible right now. I'm going off memory, but it tells us that our heart is deceitfully wicked and who knows it. So there's no way possible that any desire that's in our heart, we can truly just assume is from God and that that desire is what God is going to give us because it's worth that he'll give us the desires of our heart. And because I was never taught that, I assumed anything that I desired in my little old heart, that that was God's will for my life and God was going to give it to me. Then I started to um, orchestrate my life and I started to shape and mold my life around that desire or to position myself to get that thing that I wanted because I assumed that it was God because I didn't have no relationship with God. Right. And so I didn't recognize how contaminated my heart was. My heart wasn't pure. And if the Bible tells us here in Matthew 5 and 8 that the pure in heart, um, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. What did, So now what does that mean? So I really had to go and I had to really begin to really examine my own heart to say, Lord, wait a minute, something ain't right here. Because there's no way that I've been walking with you for all these years. You know, for the majority of my adult life, as much as I was straddling the fence and I was lukewarm, one foot in, one foot out, I was pursuing God mostly persistently. But I still was not maturing spiritually. And I still was not convicted of doing the things that I was doing that were blatant sin. Now we have some of those things that's a gray area where we're where the Bible may not talk about it and so it's not clear and you really got to have a uh you know hear from Holy Spirit and let God you know di you discern you know for yourself um certain things like smoking, you know, smoking cigarettes, you know, smoking weed, whatever things that are just not clearly in the word of God. However, there are just some things that are like fornicating. That's just clear. Stealing. That's just clear. Lying. That's just clear. You know what I mean? Being greedy. That's just clear. It's so many things that the Bible is very clear on that sin. But however, I'm constantly reading the word and I'm even sitting under the word. But for some reason, my heart not being pierced. You know, and in the in the book of Acts, when Peter is um, ministering um, to all of those um, Jews that were um, in the audience, as they had just been, as Peter and the um, hundred and twenty had just been filled with the Holy Spirit, um, and they were speaking in um, in tongues, and they had the utterance of the Holy Spirit, and and the people thought they were drunk and kind of like little crazy. And he began to minister and he began to preach the word of God. And he just reiterated what it already said in Joel 2 and 25. He didn't say anything new. He just he just preached the word of God that had already been written. And what it, the word says is it pierced their heart. Why is it that we as believers or even unbelievers can go to these churches and sit under these ministries and sit under these words, but our heart not be pierced? Why did the Bible even say that it pierced their heart? 
because there's something about your heart like that needs to be pierced so it can begin to be converted so you can be sanctified so you can be transformed so then you can begin to walk as a new creation in Christ Jesus but we wonder why so many of us has been walking with God for 5 10 15 20 years and we ain't change you still sinning you're still mad you're still angry you're still bitter you're still unforgiving right you're still mean you're still lying you're still committing adultery you're still cheating on your taxes you're still stealing time from your job you know you're still mean and nasty and, and to your kids or mean and nasty to your spouse or whatever it is that that as you grow and as you continue to walk out your life with Jesus that being in his presence certain things just start falling off because it's just impossible to be connected to the to the source to be in the presence of a most holy god and and a righteous god and 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 remain the same and so i had to really begin to be honest with myself like wait a minute something about my heart is not right even though i may not be outwardly um being um, cold and callous and mean or outwardly you know having certain fruit of that there was it was fruit in the fact that i lacked that relationship and that intimacy with God, which then in turn made me also not know who I was, not know my identity, not know my purpose and not know my worth. Because how can I know who I am if I'm not connected to the one who created me so he can tell me who I am? So I'm letting society, my past, people, myself, my circumstance, all these other things tell me who I am because I am not really connected and got my ear to available to the one who can truly begin to pour into me these things that I need. And so I found myself looking for my worth and identity in every place but God. Even though I'm walking uh, this walk and I'm living this life and I'm going to church and I'm doing all these things, I'm even ministering to other people. I'm inviting other people to church. I'm, you know, quoting scripture to other people, uh, you know, just doing all of these things that are great and amazing. And I don't think that they were in vain, nor did they, you know, lack any power. And I believe that God used me in those moments just because he's gracious. However, I myself was not truly living out the word. So how can we say that we truly love God and we truly are saved and we truly have a heart for God and we're pursuing him and we're chasing him and it's all about him and we want what he want and we love what he love we hate what he hate you know he has our heart you know all of these things we say but yet and still we don't really stop and do a heart check to say but what's really in my heart who has my heart why am I seeking and pursuing God what is it about what is it that I really want Am I seeking God because I just love him and I just love to be in his presence? Or is it because I need something? You know, I was just um, uh, listening to this Bible study on an Instagram live and it changed my whole life because it was so real. It was so powerful and impactful. And they talked about and discussed and, uh, and opened up and unpacked some subjects and some things and some questions that I had never heard nobody say. And it really got me to thinking about myself. And they were like, if if God never answered your prayer or if he never gave you that thing that you were believing for, would he still be good to you? The question is never, is he still going to be good? Because he's good no matter what. He good because he woke you up this morning. He good because he didn't kill us all in our sleep because we all are sinners. And we all have sinned and fall short of the glory to God, of God. He's good because we even have an opportunity to be saved. We even, can, we even have the opportunity to be in his presence to even talk to him. So he's already good. 
So it's never a question, is he good? But is he going to be good to you? If he don't heal you, is he going to be good to you? If he don't, if he don't give you that opportunity, is he going to be good to you? If he don't bring you a spouse, is he going to be good to you? If he don't, if he don't give you the the ability to conceive and to produce and have a child, is he going to be good to you? If he don't change your, take, take you out of whatever the, the storm that you're in, if he don't change your circumstances, if he don't deliver you from your suffering, is he going to be good to you? That's the question. What is our motivation? What's really in our heart? Why are we, why do we even want to be Christians? Do we want to be Christians because we, we hear all these things about, you know, the blessings of God, the blessing of the Lord, make rich and add no sorrow. God gives good gifts to his children. God withholds no good thing from the upright and the righteous. Every good and every perfect gift comes from above. When you are multiplied and everything you have, you know, um, increases, you know, you're blessed in the city, blessed in the field. See, yeah, those, all of those things are good, right? But if those if those things were not a part of the inheritance to be in relationship with God, would you still choose the one to be a Christian? Would you still choose the one to be saved? And see, these are the hard questions that we're not necessarily challenged with um, even having to think about. Because most of us are guilty of going to God because we need things. We can say with our mouth, like, no, I love God. If God, you know, we say that cliche, if God didn't do anything else for me, he didn't already did enough. You know, he don't got to do nothing else for me. Well, a lot of time we don't mean that. Come on now. Like, let's keep it 100. Like, if you still want God to answer that prayer, you still want God to come through on this promise that you think he made you. You still want God to open that door. Don't be foolish. Don't fool yourself and think because you say something out your mouth that is that you convincing in God because he knows our heart. And I think this is what was so interesting about him and David, that regardless of the mistakes David made and, and regardless of the sins and regardless of, you know, David's um, shortcomings and his falls, he's still renowned, renowned and known as a man who was after God's own heart. Why? And that's, that's what's so profound because David was not perfect. David, you know, he, he, he whole, his, the lust that, that was in his loins whole made him murder his own friend and, and, and steal his wife, commit adultery and murder because David was a man. He was a human being. But what he did was, even after he was full of passion and lust and he had no self-control and he fell into sin, the first thing he knew to do is he had to go to the feet of God. No matter what David did, no matter when, how much he fell, no matter how much he was, you know, that he may have went astray, he came right back. In his times of suffering, in his time of loneliness, in his times of being on the run, in his times of hiding in caves, in his time of being pursued and chased and and, and, and saw wanting to kill him, as in his time, you know, of having to run for his life, no matter in what circumstance David was in, he went to the feet of God, even if it was to lament, even if it was to mourn, even if it was to just cry out, he always went to God. And I think that's why God 
we see in the Bible that he was referenced as a man after God's own heart because it just didn't matter what his circumstance was. When he was a, in, in, a, in a state of lack and loneliness and had nothing, he still was honoring God. When he had the opportunity to kill Saul when he was in the cave and his men even said, come on, this is your time, this is your moment, kill Saul so you can take the throne and live out, you know, the, the word that has been already spoken over you. And David looked at them and was like, is you crazy? You touch, you don't touch the Lord's anointed you know what when when the uh, man came and gave David the news of Saul and Jonathan's death you know he looked at that man and said and what made you not afraid to 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 kill the Lord's anointed like and he had that whole man cut down so it didn't matter he always kept God at the forefront he always made he always was intentional to obey God and to honor God even when it didn't make no sense even when people was questioning him and even when even when his men was telling him like no like this is what you need to do you need to do this you need to go take the throne you know you know saw he by himself he over there he using the bathroom he ain't got nobody with him this your moment this your time he refused to cut corners he refused to compromise he he obeyed God even though he had him obeying God meant that he had to continue to wait for the manifestation of the promise that was spoke over his life. How many of us could do that? How many of us, if we had the opportunity to, 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 to slay an enemy, if we had the opportunity to blast somebody, if we had an opportunity to put somebody, you know, out there, if we had an opportunity to call somebody out, if whatever it is, and, and, and you had every right, you, you were valid, all of that. And you could you still choose not to? Could you still choose to obey God over your flesh? And those are the things that we need to talk about. And again, I know everybody may not be a Christian or you may be a baby Christian or you may be on the fence about Christianity and whatever. It doesn't matter where you are. The fact remains is our heart is the epicenter of who we are. So whatever is in our heart is going to basically influence everything else. Like there's a scripture that says, guard your heart with all diligence because for out of it flows the issues of life. And it also says, um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks because the, the heart is very powerful. This is why we can get a desire in our heart and we can get so overtaken and consumed and we can just be, um, just, we, we can then begin to be just want, just, um, in pursuit of that thing. And whether that thing is good for us or not, it's because our heart wants it. You know, our heart desires it because our heart ne- don't necessarily know the difference between something being good for us or not. If that was the case, why would our heart, uh, my heart then got me in a whole bunch of stuff. Following my heart, they got me in all kinds of situations that I look back like, why in the heck did I follow my heart? So that lets me know I can't trust my heart. And even if I could trust my heart, it would mean that my heart would need to be pure in order for me to be able to, to, to at least think about following it because otherwise it's going to lead me astray. And so we have to begin to understand our worth, our identity, our purpose, our, our wholeness, all of it is it, really going to start with the condition of our heart. And this is why I'm so um, just passionate about this subject, because this is my life. 
I'm living it as I'm speaking to y'all. When I come to y'all every week about things, it's because I've been and went through something. I've been had an experience. I've been had an encounter, you know, of something that I've had to learn a lesson or I had to, you know, get a revelation or, you know, I got some type of information, you know, because I've, you know, read a book or I watched a podcast or I went to counseling or I'm reading the Bible, I'm in prayer, whatever the case may be. And it's like, wait a minute, I don't want to be the only one who is actually working towards being whole and working towards discovering and redefining my worth. I want my sisters along with me because I know I'm not the only one struggling. I know that I'm not the only one who have to be honest with myself and say, wait a minute, there's something going on with my heart. My heart is not pure. It's not necessarily about, yeah, my, I may be pure in my body sometime, if I'm honest. You know, I still struggle with masturbation. I said that on our um, a previous part, um, episode. But for the most part, I haven't had sex with a man in going on three years. I haven't kissed a man in what? Going on, is it two years? Um, or anything like that. So, I mean, physically, I could say I was pure. But am I? is my heart pure, though? If God weighs the heart, I believe the heart holds more weight and is more important than our body. Because our body is a shell. It's passing away. Not that I'm by any means promoting not being holy and pure because that is just as important. However, I think what's even more important is the condition of our heart and us truly having a pure heart. Because if you don't have a pure heart, you're not going to be able to have a um, a true healthy um, view of yourself. And see, the reason why I struggled so much with my worth and my identity and my value and my esteem is because my heart wasn't pure. Because my heart was so contaminated with so much anger and bitterness. My heart was contaminated with so much rejection and abandonment. And I was so desperate just to be loved that I I couldn't even see myself. I couldn't see my worth if I wanted to because my heart wasn't pure. My heart wasn't healed. My heart was contaminated and I needed to get all of these contaminants out of my heart so God could begin to perform surgery or even a heart transplant if that was necessary. I often pray for a new heart. Why? Because I started to understand what's in my heart ain't right. I have a lot of things that I desire that don't make it God. And what happens is we get these desires, we get overwhelmed, we get consumed, we get excited. And next thing you know, we start, you know, in our minds and our hearts start aligning. And next thing you know, everything becomes confirmation. Everything becomes a sign because we don't know that subconsciously we're looking for a sign. So even though we may be praying and seeking God, if we pray and ask God, that's a whole nother topic. Um, but even if we did, just because we're, we, we, pray and we seek God and then something happens and we look at it and then we start um, labeling it as a confirmation from God don't mean that it is because oftentimes God may not have not have not answered yet but because we want this thing so bad and we it's like we're praying and we're asking him but we're not asking him we're praying and we're just wanting him to um to to really just to to endorse and sign off on what we already want And if a lot of us be honest with ourselves, we don't go to God and pray and ask for things and expect him to say no. Our expectation is for him to say, yeah, because we want it. But it's like, for those of us that have kids, do we deal with our kids like that? 
Do we give our children every single thing that they heart desire and everything that they ask for, even if it's harmful, even if it's detrimental, even if it's not good for them? No, God is the same way. He's a loving father. So just because you have a thought, an idea, a desire, a longing, a want, doesn't mean that's God's will for your life. But until we begin to be honest with ourselves and begin to allow God to work in our heart so we can be have a pure heart, we're going to continue to go through life and assume that everything that comes into our heart is God. And that's not true. A lot of what comes into our heart is just our flesh. A lot of what comes into our heart is influence. The influence of the world, social media, what's going on around us. A lot of times we see something somebody else has and we desire it. Or we have a perception or there's some kind of ideal of a certain type of life or what success means and we want that. That don't mean that's God. Even this whole thing that I'm noticing about everybody is talking about you know, prepare for your spouse and marriage and the marriage ministry and the covenant and all of that. As much as that is amazing and it is um, God created covenant, he created marriage because he created us to be in covenant with him. Marriage is just a reflection of our relationship with God, period. This is why God uses marriage language a lot in the New Testament. I mean, in the Old Testament, please forgive me, in the Old Testament, where he refers to himself as uh, he's as their um, Israel's husband. He says, your husband is your maker and the Lord of hosts is his name. You know, he refers, um, he talks about, um, you know, them being the his uh, a, an adulterous um, woman or, you know, him, them, um, you know, being um, a his um bride and he, there's a lot of um bridal talk and wedding imagery all throughout the um old testament because covenant when you break down the word covenant it is an oath it is a promise it is you giving your word it's a vow and the moment we receive jesus christ our lord and savior we're saying jesus you're our lord god you're our god we're your people and we have entered into a covenant in the same way you make a vow to your spouse and you speak those things and you make that public declaration. We, you make a declaration to God that you're, that you're going to be in this relationship with him. But a lot of us don't take it seriously because we don't see God, you know, and we don't, you know, physically feel God, you know, and we think that we can, you know, kind of get over, you know, and kind of just do what we want to do and not knowing that we commit all kinds of spiritual adultery all the time and so we wonder why god ain't sent us a spouse well uh in the bible it says wives submit unto your own husbands as unto the lord well (laughs) if you don't submit to god what make you think you're gonna submit to a husband so why would he send you a husband for you to just tear the husband up and hurt him and destroy him no he ain't gonna do that you know, but again, we don't really take into consideration the condition of our heart and, and are we even ready for what we're asking for? Like, are you even ready? Like, is your heart healed? Have you allowed God to remove all of that contamination from Egypt out of your heart? How you allow God to, to start to um, plant and import his desires for your life into your heart so he can give you the desires of your heart because they align with his have you been able to forgive have you been able to show mercy have you ever have you been able to love sacrificially and not expect anything in return 
Have you been able to remain and, and be obedient and faithful even when nobody see you? Have you been able to be committed and consistent and persistent when nobody don't know your name? You ain't got 10,000 followers. You ain't got this huge following and platform. When you just only got a few people that may pop in on your live or a few people that may like your picture or whatever the case may be, are you still faithful? Because those are the thing that God, the things that God looks at. Because those are those are reflections of what's in your heart. Like what what is your motive? What is your reason for doing these things? What is your reason for asking God for things? You know, that's one thing that I started having to check myself about. Why am I why when it comes to material things or just things in general, I have to I start questioning myself, why am I asking for this? You know, what's the motive? What is my motive? Is this just a selfish just a selfish ambition that I have? Um, or is this something that is going to benefit my community? Is this something that's going to benefit and edify the body of Christ? Is this something that's going to benefit my bloodline? You know, because God don't do things just to satisfy our own personal desires. Anything he does is for a greater cause. It is A, because it's already his will. God don't answer prayers that he already didn't set out to answer. When we're praying, it's not that we're praying something God had no idea we was going to ask him. And then all of a sudden we prayed and he decided to answer the prayer and give it to us. It's because those are things he wanted to do anyway. He said his word doesn't return to him void, not yours. So we have to be very clear. If God answers a prayer, it's because it's something he wanted to do anyway. But when he does answer a prayer, it's normally because it's a bigger benefit. Because it's benefiting more than just you and it's bringing glory to his name. So I had to start asking myself, why am I asking for things? What's the motive? What's in my heart? Because if I'm asking for something solely for myself, then that's then, then, then my motive not right. My heart not right. Because anything that God is doing is about his people. It's always about his people. It's always about turning his the hearts of his people back to him. Glorifying him testifying about him it's never about us so when he answered our prayer and it happened to be a desire of our heart or it happened to be something that we personally wanted or it happened to personally bless us that's just a bonus but when you look at the bible anything he did any promise he fulfilled it always was bigger than the individual. So I just say today, sisters, we really need to um, examine our heart and be honest with ourselves. We really need to look and see, our is our heart pure? Because those of us who really believe um, in the Bible, the word of God and what it says, and we believe in heaven and we believe, you know, in eternity. Um, it says here clearly that blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Well, if we don't have pure hearts, we're not going to see God. And the goal should be more than anything on this earth, more than any promise, more than any prayer, more than any anything that we could imagine here in this earth. The goal should be to see God, to be in his presence, to be in heaven. And if that's not our sole goal, if that's not our sole purpose and reason for seeking God, if that's not our sole 
purpose and reason for even wanting to be a Christian, we really need to go back and reevaluate our heart. If the only reason why we do good good deeds or we 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 pray or you know we um decided to become a Christian or whatever the case may be, if the motive is because we have a personal agenda, we need to go back. We need to go back to the drawing board. Cause we can't fool God. He know everything. We can't fool him. And sometimes we fool ourselves more than anything. But I have to ask myself that question, like, why do I even want to be a Christian? Why do I want a relationship with God? Why do I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior? Why? If the answer is not solely because I love God, because I want to be in a relationship with him, because I want to be in heaven and be in his presence and worshiping him, because I want to I want to be in paradise, I want to be in eternity with him, praising. If that's not the sole reason, then then I'm wasting my time. Because if the if my motive is because I expect God to bless me, if it's because I expect him to answer my promises, answer, you know, my prayers and and fulfill promises that I think he gave me, I'm setting myself up for disappointment because he's he's not guaranteed to do that. You can be blessed and you will be blessed, but we have to really look at what does that even look like? Because what God thinks or or what he uh, envisions or what he says blessed is could be totally different than what we think it is. So to God, we're already blessed. But to us, because we don't have what we think we want, we don't think we're blessed. And I'm like, I want to be a real Christian. I don't know about anybody else. I, I want to be a, a true Christ follower. You know, I want to I want to truly live this life and I want to truly be a reflection of Jesus Christ. And I really want to truly bring change in the world and lead other people to Christ and lift up the name of Jesus. And, you know, I really want to do and fulfill my purpose in the earth. Like I really want to hear well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's not a game. It's not something I say to sound all spiritual or to sound preachy or whatever. It's truly my heart. And so I had to start really looking at myself even today and say, God, what's really in my heart? What are my motives? You know, why do I pray certain prayers or why do I desire certain things? Like, where, what is the source of that? Where is that coming from? Because if it's not you, God, I don't want it. Could I live with if you never changed my life from what it is right now? Could I live with if you never answered another prayer? Could I live with if you never did anything else and still serve you and still be passionate and still be zealous? And honestly, when I first started asking myself that question, my answer was no. Because if I'm honest, I'm selfish and I want things and I want blessings and I want I want the life that I believe God has for me. But the more I started thinking about that, I'm like, but how many people in the Bible, in the New Testament, they they died for the gospel. They died for this thing. They were beat multiple times, in prison multiple times. 
persecuted multiple times for the gospel and they counted it joy like they was going to prison and coming out like yo bro like we went to prison we suffered for christ like yes like like they was excited about that thing but here we we want to avoid the persecution <laughs> we we want to avoid you know um the cup of suffering that we have to drink or the cross that we have to carry that jesus told us we was gonna have to do we don't want that part of the Christianity. What we want is the blessings, the, the peaches, the pie, the cookies, the cakes, you know, everything to go our way. But it's like, where do you read that in the Bible? What Bible are we reading? And, and how are we interpreting it? So, you know, that's just my rant for this week. I don't know. It's just been on my heart today, really, to talk about purity. A, that's really what this podcast is all about. It's a of course about for us as women to redefine our worth but even more so than that to understand that if our heart isn't pure we're not going to be able to define our worth our value our identity our purpose any of that because it's going to be contaminated and it's going then it's going to be influenced by other things and purity starts with your heart it doesn't start with your body because it's difficult. If your heart ain't pure, you you going to struggle with keeping your body pure. You know, and even for me, like, yeah, I ain't had sex physically, but I done had sex with myself a whole lot of times. Um, even still, because I still have to get that contamination of lust and perversion out of my heart. So just because I'm practicing abstinence in my body, because I'm still struggling with that contamination in my heart, it's like it's very difficult for me to truly live this life of, you know, of physical purity. It starts with the heart, the core of who we are, because that's where our worth comes from. That's where our identity comes from. That's where our value comes from. That's what, how, where our self-perception comes from. It comes from within. What, whatever is your core belief system, that is what's going to influence everything in your life. What is in your heart, sis? Can you be honest with yourself, whether you're a Christian or not? And, and, and really, truly be sober in the examination of your heart? To say what's really there? What's really your motivation? Why do you want to accomplish this goal? Why do you want to, you know, why do you want this this desire? You know what I mean? Like what 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 really is the 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 motivator behind this? Is it all self? Is it hurt? Is it just the influence of culture? Is it greed? Is it covetousness? What is it? What is what is truly at the core of who you are? Because until that begins to change, we not going to see no real change. You can do all you want to do. You can read every book, go to every seminar. You can listen to every podcast. You can do everything you want to do. But until you begin to dive deep within yourself and do the work, you're going to be spinning your wheels. And, and 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 nothing any anything that any type of evolution or healing that takes place won't be long lived because it's only going to be surface and in order like I spoke last week in order to really deal with an issue or a thing you got to go to the root what is the root of your heart 
if the, if that's not pure, then we need to do some work. And yes, this may be a hard conversation. This may be a hard thing to, to, to hear, especially as a believer, when you have to really critically think about what is the motivation of you even wanting to be a Christian? What is your motivation of pursuing God? What is your motivation of wanting Jesus? Is it because you, because of all the stuff you hear about, all oh, the blessed life and and the, and all of these things that God will do for you and all of these doors God will open, all these prayers God will answer? Is that the only reason? Because when you read the Bible, you can see God did that for the people, for, for the children of Israel. They got all the blessings. They, they got land. He dispossessed kings and nations. You know, they received things that they didn't work for. They got abundance. They got multiplication. They got everything. They got they got delivered from bondage with the, with by miracle signs and wonders. I mean, they experienced the just so many blessings and promises and good things and miracles and signs and wonders. And just they, they seen the miraculous with their own eyes. <laughs> they seen they seen things they experienced things they experienced the hand of God they seen the cloud of fire the pillar of cloud by day the pillar of fire by night they experienced God firsthand and it still didn't keep their heart they still went and saw other idols they still went and and and, and practiced all different types of idolatry they still went and followed other religions they still disobey God so that lets you know that blessings don't keep you it don't keep you saved. It don't keep you with in a relationship with God. It's the heart. It's the heart. You can be anointed. You can be gifted. You can be talented. None of that going to keep you. And it's not going to keep you in a relationship with God. If you don't have a heart that is totally postured towards God and God alone, and you love him for who he is and not what he can do for you, sis, you're not going to make it. Because the moment he don't answer a prayer, the moment things don't work out like you want it to work out, the moment you get disappointed, the moment you feel like he's taking too long, the moment something don't go the way you envision it to go, you're going to doubt. You're going to blame God. You're going to get angry. You're going to get upset. You're going to want to turn away from the faith. All of those things because your foundation is rooted on things that are empty. If, if it's not rooted in God alone, then we need to go back and we need to examine some things and we need to be honest and say, God, there's some things in my heart. I don't like it. And I need, and I need you to take it out because it's preventing me from being able to have a pure a posture of a pure heart before you. It's preventing me from being able to see myself the way you see me. It's for, it's preventing me from being able to love the way you told me to love. It's preventing me from being able to forgive the way you told me to forgive, to show mercy the way you told me to show mercy. It's preventing me from being able to live the way you told me to live. So I need you, Lord, to create in me a clean heart, renewing me a right spirit. I need you, Lord, to give me a new heart. So I can see you. Because you said the pure in heart shall see God. Because so many of us want to see God, want to hear from God, want to encounter with God. But your heart not pure. God don't, he don't contradict his word. 
So again, this ain't this ain't you know like a sermon or you know this ain't me preaching, but this is just me being real. And this is me saying, I, I want us to truly begin to walk out our lives as true believers and true disciples of Jesus Christ so we can make more disciples. I want us to walk in healing and wholeness. I want us to have true relationship with God because then we'll be able to know who we are. We'll be able to know our worth. We'll be able to know our identity. We'll be able to be confident. We'll be able to be steadfast. We'll be able to be secure because we're anchored in God. And I want that for me, but I want that for you too, sis. I'm here asking these hard questions, challenging you, you know, and challenging myself because I want us to grow. I want us to heal. I want us to have real relationship with God. I want us to have real, I want us to have real joy. Like I want us to, to be content for real, to be blessed for real. I want us to be saved for real and not be fake saved. You know, I'm tired of being fake saved, you know. So this again, it's just it's, it's really just an opportunity to just um, just just put, you know, just really. An opportunity for us to level up as women, as mothers, as daughters, as wives, as daughters of God. Um, as whatever it is that we are in our personal lives, just to be at our full capacity, just to be at our fullest potential, just to really be healed, just to really be loved, just to really be secure, just to really be confident, right? It is just a call to be healed. You know, no more walking around compartmentalizing our pain, our suffering, you know, and just truly walking out the process of healing to truly be heal and may hold that's the goal no no more pretending no more facades no more masks no more using social media as as a you know as a um <laughs> as as a way to um shield and 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 try to manipulate what it is that we want our life to be and really behind every picture we're broken and, and we're falling apart and we are falling apart and at the seams and we just are barely holding on you know it's like it's time to truly you know break out of all of that and just to truly begin to walk in who we are called to be as women of God who we're called to be in excellence in the image of God and and so yeah this is really what it's all about so i appreciate everyone for listening for tuning in um to the purity after promiscuity podcast where we're redefining a woman's worth um i thank you i um again subscribe like share if you want to contact me for prayer for conversation questions accountability whatever it is you can email me at purity after promiscuity at gmail.com i'm on social media at janelle renee so you can um, reach out to me at any time and i'll be sure to try to get back with you as soon as i can i love you all very much i pray blessings over your life and just remember your past does not define you it develops you and you are worthy